brothers and sisters. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. And, and we want to continue where God has been blessing us and teaching us these things about His Spirit. He's taken us into a realm and into a place where you may have never been before. He's breaking down the scriptures and he's showing us where he had promised us something and that he wants us to have it. But so many times we've been taught the opposite of what God promised, that when you hear a message of this sort, you begin to not believe it because you say that is not true. So what we have been doing here at the Promise of Our Father podcast through the Spiritual Cuts Ministry, we We've been actually going through the scriptures and we've been repeating them and saying them and reciting them so that you can go back and search the scriptures and see if you find eternal life. Even John 5, 39 and 40 says that you should search the scriptures so that you might think you have eternal life. So these message about eternal life is not to be offensive, but it's a real message because it's coming through the scriptures and through the word of the eternal spirit of God. That was a portion where the disciples walked off from Christ's teaching in John chapter 6, verse 66. And, and in 66 and 67, in 68, Christ let them guys walk off from him without saying a mumbling word. Then he looked back at Peter and he said, look, huh? do y'all want to go too? Huh? Y'all want to go with them? To they all whosoever move Baptist church, you want to go back to they all whosoever move Catholic teaching. You want to go back to that church of Christ teaching. You want to go back, and I don't mean to call names, throw rocks, and hide my hand, but I want you to know I was taught these things in these different churches because I attended a lot of different denominations just to learn the aspect of what they was teaching and not knowing that I was going to be at this point teaching the word of eternity. Life. But he looked at them and said, if you want to go back to the Pharisees and the Sadducees teaching, that's all right. But he says in, in Matthew's chapter 5, verse 20, he says, if your righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, you shall by no means inherit the kingdom of God. So I want you to know that this teaching is based off what Christ's been teaching through what God taught him in, 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 in John chapter 8, 28. He says the things that are teachers of God. He says in John 12, 48 through 50, he says that, look here, let me tell you where my teaching come from. Hey, I know you might deny my teaching, but I don't teach from my own perspective or I don't teach from my own authority, but my father has given me a commandment to teach and speak and say and teach and speak on commandment of the on eternal life. That was the commandment that I received from the Father. So my brothers and sisters, this is a heavy and a powerful message. I want to say this in the offset. But is it more better? Hmm? You know, I'm from Louisiana. I can't even put all my sentences together. Is it more better for you and I to have a conversation on living forever than 
having a conversation and saying that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. When we actually serve a living God, when the words that come from out of your mouth, life and death is in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you're sitting there having the conversation on the fruit of death and tomorrow is not promised and you know uh, we all have to die, you are actually, huh, producing the power of death in your life. But if we talk about living forever and not dying, see, that's a different conversation, and that's hard. That's a hard concept. Like Peter said, he says, Father, you have the words of eternal life. So when you began to teach on eternal life, you began to offend people because they think you're trying to take something that they've been given. So, therefore, we got to understand that even Enoch testified in testimony was that he was going to live forever and not die. And he didn't even have the teaching of Christ at the time we was in the world. So, the fact of the matter, God taught him directly to understand that you got the words, yeah, glory, of eternal life. So, Enoch took it upon himself to walk with God. So apparently that's who was his teacher. And the scripture says that we all are taught by God. Now, without further ado, let's get into this message because I want you to know, man, this is some powerful stuff. And I want you to understand that we've been going, we're going to go into places. But the, excuse me, but time to end it at the end of this series, whenever we finish the part where we get to the point where we conclude the series that we're beginning. With the the body the bodies that came through the doors that were shut. Let me tell you something, brothers. You should be in another place, in another dimension in God. So we're going to continue in series two, episode three. And we're going to start in the book of John 20. John chapter 20, 19. And it reads, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples was assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When Christ had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when Christ had said this, he breathed on them. He said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. My brothers, I want to tag this today. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. In the last two episodes, with God ordering our steps and with the teaching of Christ, we unfold and unraveled many, many infallible proofs of Christ in the body of Jesus coming through the six-inch doors that were shut. After being raised from the dead three days, through the revelation knowledge of God and the revelation knowledge of Christ, we, in fact, discussed that Christ was teaching us in Matthew 13, 11 and Mark 4, 11 from the parable of the sea that it is for us to know and have the revelation knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Is that it is a prerequisite and a requirement for us to have the revelation knowledge of the kingdom of God in order for us or you and I to inherit the kingdom of God. 
We have we found out through scriptures in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 15, that we could not inherit it, the kingdom of God through flesh and blood. We also discussed that in Matthew 6.33 that we must seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and he will add all these things to us. We read in Luke 9.25-32 through 32, what exactly was the kingdom of God and when and how through the transfiguration of the body of Jesus through the spirit of Christ by the power of God how the kingdom of God was manifested and allowed for his disciples Peter, James, and John to witness his glory which is in essence uh, is the kingdom of God. So now we know what the what we should be seeking for first. And along with that, we must at the same time seek the righteousness of God first. We learn through scriptures that in Proverbs 12, 28 and Proverbs 21, 21, that in the way of righteousness is eternal life. And in the pathway, there is no death. And if we follow after righteousness, we will find eternal life, honor, and mercy. Now, since we have been revealed through the revelation knowledge of the mystery of the kingdom of God is his glory and his has promised us eternal life. God has promised us through the mysteries of the kingdom of God, eternal life through seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first the glory of God, seeking first the righteousness of God, seeking first the life of God, the eternal glory of God through his righteousness. And he wanted to add the bodies that came through the doors that were shut to us that he created and made on the sixth day (laughs) in his own image and his own likeness. And after making and creating us in his own image as a male and a female, he rested on the seventh day. Then we also find out that Christ was teaching. Look what he was doing. Christ was teaching his disciples, once you come into the revelation knowledge of the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he began to teach his disciples that the kingdom of God does not come with observation or an act of instance of noticing or perceiving something. But the kingdom of God is within you. In Luke 17, 20 through 21, after that was taught to his disciples, he manifested the kingdom of God through the bread of God being within us, huh? Being within us. Then after he was resurrected, huh? He he revealed the kingdom of God after the bread was ate through the two disciples after he was resurrected on the third day to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus near Jerusalem. He blessed the bread. Then he broke it. And then he gave the bread to them. The eyes was opened to the eternal glory of God through the bread of the eternal life and they knew him and he vanished before them. Huh? So when you read this in the book of Luke 24, you got to understand that something so powerful happened. Mm. 
So let's continue reading. When we see that he vanished before them, he disappeared from their sight. When he vanished, he did this quickly. When he vanished, he became invisible. Invisible. When he vanished, he mysteriously, uh, 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 he mysteriously went away. This was the manifestation of the teaching of Christ. When he was teaching his disciples that the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation or an act of instant of, no, of noticing or perceiving something. But the kingdom, of, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, after this body of Christ as the bread of God that he gave them and vanished or disappeared from their sight or became invisible, or went away mysteriously that had actually manifested within them later that same day after this happened in the evening. Christ came through the six-inch doors that were shut where the disciples was assembled in the same body as the bread of the eternal life and the bread of God on the first day of the week. When the disciples' eyes was open and they knew him and he vanished before them, I had asked the question in the last episode, if the disciples' eyes was open and they knew him, what was the eyes open to if the eyes was already open? We found out that their eyes was open from having the mind and the thoughts of earthly things only. Now their mind and thoughts had stepped from out of, stepped from out of time into eternity. The two disciples' mind and thoughts has encountered the glory of God through the bread of the eternal life of God, which is in Christ. So when, the, when Christ gave them the bread after he blessed it, after he broke it, he, and he gave it to them, their mind and thoughts was in eternity. So their eyes was open to another dimension in God through the spirit and the bread and the body and the flesh and the bones of Christ. Come on. Look what happened when Christ gave them the bread and their eyes was open and they knew him, huh? And they knew Christ. Or they have now have they, were, they now have the knowledge of Christ. How we know that? Because in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9 and 10, it says, the two disciples has taken off the old man. Or they have put off the old man. When they ate the bread of God, or when they when they ate the kingdom of God that is within them, now they have encountered the bread and the flesh and the body and the bones of God through Christ's flesh, bones, body, and bread, huh? Through the bread of God and have put on the new man, huh? They have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of God who created him. So now they have the knowledge of Christ huh, through the image of Christ through God because we were created in God's image through the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that in a minute, but I want you to know who is renewed in the knowledge 
according to the image of him who created him. So we are in the image of God. Oh, my brothers, you're going to have to listen to these podcasts because these podcasts going to take you into a place. Oh, I can't wait to, con- to get to the conclusion of the matter. But in Luke 24, 30 and 31, it says, when Christ blessed the bread, he broke the bread and gave it to them. And their eyes was open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. Huh? The scriptures teaches us what happened during this event and what happened when their eyes had opened and they knew him or received the knowledge of Christ. It was showing us in Colossians what exactly happened to the two, to the two, to the two disciples of Christ when their eyes were opened and they knew him and received the knowledge of Christ. Immediately and effectively, the two disciples had taken off or put on, huh? They'd taken off the old man, huh, that they were in while they was walking with Christ on the road of Emmaus near Jerusalem. And immediately and effectively, the two disciples had put on the new man of Christ that was in Jesus' body as the bread of God, the bread of the eternal life, who God created in his own image and his own likeness on the sixth day, who he, who he, who God made in his own image and his own likeness on the sixth day and created him, male and female, he created them. So God took his spirit, I glory, his flesh, God took his bones, God took his body and he put it in the two bodies of the Spirit of him who is Christ and the spirit that came as the Lord Jesus. And he put it in these two bodies, although the spirit, the Holy Spirit was not named Jesus, but these are the two that he created in the beginning. Huh? So therefore, and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, these are the bodies that came through the six inch doors uh-huh, that God created on the sixth day in his own image and on his own, in his own likeness that he took himself and made the image of a male and a female and took that image as a male and a female and put in that body and he made made them bodies, one bodies. Come on. From out of Genesis 126 and 27, from the heavens and from the earth in Genesis 1-1. Now this bread that Christ blessed broke and gave to the two disciples or his flesh and bones that Christ blessed broke and gave to the two disciples was the body that God created in his own image. And these two bodies, which is the body of Christ, which is the word and the body of the Holy Spirit that bear witness in heaven with God, according to scriptures in 1 John 5, 7. For there are three who bear witness in the heavens, the Father, the Word, who is Christ, and the Holy Spirit. These two bodies that came through the door that were shut is the same bodies that the two disciples had put on as the new man who in essence when Christ blessed the bread he was blessing the bodies of himself and the body of Jesus as the Holy Spirit that God created in his own image to to bring the two bodies to bring the two disciples in the knowledge that renewed the old man of the two disciples into renewing them into the knowledge of the new man according to the image of God who cre- he, who he created 
through his two sons, which is the Word, as Christ, and the Holy Spirit, according to the three that bear witness in heaven in First John chapter 5, verse 7. You need to know that the Holy Spirit had flesh before it became the Word. You need to know huh, that the Holy Spirit had flesh in John 1.14 when the Word was became flesh. You need to know that the Holy Spirit and the Word had flesh. Hey, glory. Before it came flesh. <laughs> you got to watch out. You also need to know that Christ had flesh. Before he came, he before he came down from heaven as the living bread and baptized Jesus in the flesh, huh, in a bodily form. So he had flesh. So the Holy Spirit had flesh before it became flesh, and Christ had flesh before he became flesh. Hey, glory to come get Jesus and rescue the blood in Christ at the cross. He had flesh and bone. He told the disciples in Luke 24, 39, he says, A spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see me have. When Christ blessed the bread and broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and their eyes was open and they knew Christ, this is the two bodies that renewed them in the knowledge according to the image of God who he created and made. The two bodies that came through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week that the scriptures are referred to in Colossians 3, 9, and 10. When they put off, huh? you got to scatter this up, my brother. When they put off the old man and the deeds of the old man, when they put on the new man, they renewed the spirit of their mind in the knowledge according to the image of God, who created Christ and the Holy Spirit, which is the two bodies that came through the six-inch door that was shut on the first day of the week. See, the first day of the week is the seventh day. See, the seventh day is the day that God rested. But the first day of the week, my brothers and sisters, you got to get this because we're going to get into this later. But this is part of what we are talking about. God is bringing us into the place where God rested on the seventh day, but the first day of the week, God witnessed hey, something about the water and the blood and something about the spirit of him as Christ and the spirit of Jesus as the Lord Jesus. So God witnessed this on the seventh day that the body came through the doors that were shut. But when you find out in this podcast, teaching that the body that came through the doors was shut had to have a ceremony with the water and the blood. I want you to stay tuned for that. I don't want to get you too excited just yet. But let's deal with these two bodies on the first day of the week after Christ in Jesus' body was raised from the dead. He had the power of God in it. Amen. Not only the two bodies, not only the two disciples' eyes was open to the renewing of the knowledge of the two bodies, which is in the body of Jesus and the body of Christ that Christ blessed, broke, and gave to the, to the two disciples. And now that they knew Christ, because of the blessing and the breaking of the bread that Christ has given them to the two disciples, has called them to put off the old man and put on the new man according to the renewing of the knowledge, according to being created in the image of God, who God created and made in his own image, in his own likeness, from a celestial body, or from the heavens, and a terrestrial body, 
or from the earth on the sixth day before he rested on the seventh day. Scripture teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 39 and 40, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men and another kind of flesh of animals, another fish and another bird. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one. And the glory of the terrestrial is another. Now, there is glory in the celestial body, and there is glory in the terrestrial bodies. And Christ has taught us the kingdom of God, or the glory of God, is within us. We need to further investigate the scriptures, or examine, or study, or inquire into this systematically search or examine into the particulars of this matter. So let's continue rightly dividing the scriptures or inquiring into the systematically search or examine into the particulars of this matter. Let's go to Luke 24 and further investigate the scriptures. Luke 24, 30, Luke 24 verse 34 ties directly into the same thing in John 20, 19. This is the same account of Christ being in the body of Jesus coming through the six-inch doors that were shut on the first day of the week when Christ appeared to his disciples and demanded that they touch him. Christ demanded that they touch him. They, he demanded that they handle him. He demanded that they put their hands and fingers into his side. Now, a few verses before we go, we get to the point. We get to this point in Luke 24. Christ manifests himself within the disciples of the kingdom of God through the blessing of the bread and breaking of the bread and that he gave them and their eyes was open and they knew Christ or they have the knowledge of the kingdom of God being within them and they don't have to wonder or guess through observation or an act or an instance of noticing or perceiving something. But the kingdom of God or the glory of God is within them. And Christ has vanished and disappeared from their sight, especially quickly and in, or invisibly. Christ has disappeared mysteriously, mysteriously. Before the two disciples, now the same body, this is the same body that had disappeared mysteriously, mysteriously, right before their eyes has now appeared to the disciples where they are assembled behind the six-inch doors that were shut. And Christ mysteriously shows up before them and began teaching again. Come on. Let's pick up in Luke 38. Luke chapter 24, verse 38. And Christ said to them, Why are you troubled, my brothers? And why does doubt arise in your hearts? Huh? You ever wonder to yourself, why are there so many Christian folks and believers has doubt in their hearts when you discuss with them that we can live forever and not die and have eternal life that God promised us through his son, Jesus Christ? 
Don't you find that amazing that Christ, that Christians and believers find it much easier to have the conversation on we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised than they do in having a conversation on eternal life and living forever and not dying? When we read in, in John six forty eight through 51, Christ said to his disciples, I am the bread of the eternal glory of God. I am the bread of the life. He gives us a prime example what happened to those who don't believe and don't have the knowledge, or better yet, they reject the knowledge of God and replace the bread of God or the bread of the eternal life for manna, which means, what is it? So let's continue reading. I am the bread of life, he said. I am the bread of eternal life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. And the truth about this statement refers directly and it applies directly to us because we can say this as well today. Our mothers and our fathers ate manners, huh? from their spiritual leaders, from their religion, denomination, affiliation they were connected to or a part of, from their religion, the religious upbringing, and they passed it on to us. And now we are passing it on to our children. Come on. Man, you got to be kidding me. Now, our mothers and fathers ate manna, which means what is it? Huh? And it has passed it on to us, and they are dead. The majority of my spiritual church leaders that I grew up under are dead now. Why? Because they continue to eat the manna, and they are dead. The what is it food? The what is it bread? Let's continue reading in Luke in John, excuse me, let's continue reading in John 6, 49. Our fathers and our mothers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one can eat of it and not die. Christ said to his disciples in his teachings in John 6, 51, he says, I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eat of this bread, if he or she will live forever, if they eat of this bread, he or she will live forever and not die. If you eat of this, what does that mean? Why would Christ continue teaching on? Huh? He compared those who ate it, they are dead. Our mothers and our fathers and our forefathers, they are dead. They died in the wilderness. Come on. But he says, if you eat of this living bread, you shall live forever and not die. Man, it has to mean something. So this is the teaching that is teaching, being taught, huh, in the spiritual cuts ministry. This is the teaching that we're going to be teaching on the Promise of Our Father podcast. So if you, have, if you have followed me and understand where we're at so far, get ready to take the journey of this eternal glory ride that God is taking us on. Because I want you to know that God is doing something. He says, if you eat of this living bread, 
that comes down from heaven. You shall live forever. And the bread that I give, the flesh that I give is for the life of the world. So Christ is telling us that he got something that we can have that came through the six inch doors on the first day of the week. If we understand and comprehend this bread, when we understand and comprehend this bread that he gave the two disciples that came through the six inch doors a couple of hours later, he says, if you believe in this living bread that came down from heaven, you should live forever and not die. He says, I'm letting you know I'm giving you the life that is in the flesh through this bread. Dear man, do you believe thou this, he said. After reading and understanding this teaching of Christ and not the teaching of man, why is it so difficult for Christians and believers to have a, cons a conversation on the gift of God or the promise of God in which we all read in Romans 6.23 and 1 John 2.25? Huh? He says, God has given us his gift for us to have eternal life. And God has promised us hey, eternal life through his son. Why is it so difficult for people to have a conversation about? Why is it so easy? Excuse me, not difficult. Why is it so easy for people to have a conversation about death and there is no confrontation involved when they have a conversation about tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die? Why is that not, why is that, why Christians and believers, I just read from out of John 6, 48 through 51. He says, I am the living bread. He said, your mama, your daddy are dead, son. Hmm? And I pray that most, and I pray that the listeners who are listening out there, your parents are still alive. I'm not saying that they are dead. I'm talking about mine. I can only refer to my parents, my my parents have slipped away, and they slipped out of here. They have gone to be with the Lord. But if they had the knowledge of God, but if they had the knowledge of the bread, if they had the knowledge of the body that came through the doors that was shut, if they had the knowledge of the bodies of the bread of God, how much more different it would have made to the sons and the daughters of God. Come on. My brother, this is heavy to me. And I want to know why is it so easy without confrontation to have a conversation about death. But when you tell someone you will live forever and not die, and you have been promised eternal life and not die, there is a big argument or a big confrontation or a big disagreement among Christians and believers. And these are, the, these are the same ones who quote the scriptures in Proverbs 18, 21. And it says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And they that eat of it shall love the fruit. They that eat of it shall love the fruit. This verse is insinuating those who love talking about we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised. We'll eat the fruit of death. 
And those who love talking about they have been promised by God and they have been given by God his gift to live forever and not die and have eternal life. They will eat the fruit thereof. Don't you know I have fell in love with knowing that I have eternal life? Glory, watch out. Don't you know I am in love with the fruit of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of righteousness? Hey, glory. Don't you know I have fell in love with the Spirit of God's fruit of eternal life? So you can argue all, you can have an argument all day. You can believe in all day that you all have to die and that tomorrow is not promised. I'm going to believe in all day that I am promised tomorrow and I don't have to die because I'm eating the fruit from out of Proverbs 18.21 of eternal life. And the difference in your fruit and my fruit, you're eating from the fruit of death because of your mothers and your fathers and your spiritual church leaders, your pastors, bishops, and preachers and teachers has taught us. And I even been taught. And at one time as a minister and a preacher and a pastor, I taught that we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised. Oh, foolish one, I was. See, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the eternal glory of Christ. I don't mind admitting where I was if it's going to bring you out from where you at. Because you have to understand someone, God has to take someone to break down the walls of separation. He says in Isaiah 28 verse 9 and 10, he says that who will I get to teach knowledge. Who will I get to, to make to understand the message? He says, those who are weaned from off the milk, those who are weaned from off the breast, those who are weaned from off the titty. He says, I got a few people who've been weaned from off the breast, the titty, and off of milk. He says, these are they who will understand precept upon precept and line upon line, here a little and there a little. Who will God get to teach knowledge? Come on, watch out. Who will I get to teach knowledge so that the church and that Christians and believers will understand the message. Amen. You got to watch what you speak from out of your mouth. And you got to watch the company you keep. Because the company you keep, keep you, keep, keep you speaking the same thing from out of your mouth. Because y'all are in agreement. And y'all don't want to feel unequally yoked. So you feel like y'all believers because y'all believe in the same thing that is opposite of God. Let me get out of that. So God promised us eternal life and to live forever and not die. Huh? What if Christians and believers start eating from the tree and the fruit of eternal life and living forever and not dying? How much of a difference we would see in the death rate. Because you do know that the death rate across the world is at an all-time high. Why? Because God said to his church, who is who he is coming back for, he said the death rate is at an all-time high in twenty in 2023. 
is because the majority of Christians and believers don't believe that tomorrow is not promised and we all have to die. So God says to the church, if that's your belief, I will grant you your and your household in what you, be, what you believe from what you've been taught, from your spiritual church leaders, and from what you've been taught from your mothers and fathers. Because God said to the church, the witness of men is not greater than the witness of God. God says to the church, the witness of your mother, the witness of your father, the witness of your spiritual church leader, the witness of the, your bishop, the witness of your apostle, the witness of your prophet, the witness of your evangelist, the witness of your pastor, preacher, and teacher. He said, the witness of them is not greater than the witness of me. He says, I am your God, and I want you to be my people. Hmm? He says their teaching is not greater than the witness of my teaching and the teaching of my son. Because we all are taught by God in John 6, 45. And he says that in Christ is your teacher who I taught in John 8, 28. I was teaching him to teach you about eternal life in John 12, 48 through 50. I commanded him to teach you on eternal life. So you walking around as a believer, huh, and walking around in your religious background, huh, through the traditions of men, he says that you're being taught that you have to die and tomorrow is not promised. And yeah, I sent my son Christ to teach hey, because they can't teach on or they can't believe on because of what their mothers and them embedded in them, my fathers and them embedded in us. I'm telling you, man, he said that, let me get down, brother. Let me get down with this. He says that you believe what they say, you'll be where they're at. Hmm? He says the witness of me is greater than the witness of them. He says, I have given you of my son, Jesus Christ, the one who came through the six-inch doors that were shut on the sixth day of the week. And this is my testimony as God of my son, Christ Jesus. I have given you eternal life. And this eternal life is in my eternal son, Christ Jesus. Do you believe thou this? The father said, do you believe thou this? Let's continue reading back in Luke 24. It was 3845, amen? And Christ said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubts rise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. That is I myself. Handle me. See, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. As the Father has sent me. Key. I send you. I don't have flesh and bone. See, I don't have flesh and blood because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. According to 1 Corinthians 15, 50, flesh and blood, I tell you, my brother, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor can corruption inherit incorruption. They cannot inherit the kingdom. He wants you to know, my brothers and sisters, as the Father has sent me, I send you. So Christ teaches his disciples to remove the fear and the doubt that 
our fathers and our mothers and our spiritual church leaders has taught us to be in. Don't be afraid to accept and receive the bodies that came through the doors uh, that were shut. Huh? Christ was breaking down the wall of separation through these two bodies. My brothers, you got to get into this here because there's some, there's some power of the message is going to be through these podcasts. Let's continue reading in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 16. But now in Christ, Jesus, this is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once was a fall off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I said earlier in the last episode that the blood of God and the blood of Christ it's not the same blood of Jesus as the Lamb of God. But here, Scriptures teaches us we are brought near God and the Spirit of Christ through the blood of Christ because we learned that the water and the blood of Jesus could not inherit the kingdom of God. Come on. But through the blood of Christ, we are brought near the blood of God. Verse 14 in Ephesians chapter 2 says, For he himself is our peace, or for Christ himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So what did Christ has? What did Christ has made both one? Let me read 14 again. For he himself is our peace. Christ himself is our people who has made both one and has broken down the see he has made both one that's the heavy part has made both one to break down the middle walls of separation so what did Christ have made both one Christ has made his blood and the water and the blood Jesus huh that came by that, that Jesus came by in first John 5 6 1 John 5, 6 says, this is he who, Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not just by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness of the water and the blood, because the Spirit is true. Now we see the Spirit of Christ's blood changes the water and the blood of Jesus and has made both blood become one. Why? Because in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the flesh is in the blood, and God has given the blood upon the altar to make an atonement for our soul. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. This verse is so heavy, my brother. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to explain it in this episode of the podcast, but you got to listen to what that is actually saying in Leviticus because one blood is presented on the altar and the other blood has changed what is on the altar to become one blood with that blood that was on the altar. The verse here in Leviticus 17, 11 is a very interesting and very powerful precept upon precept. And it's a very powerful line upon line. Huh? Why? Because it explains what they are referring to 
And Ephesians 2, 13 through 16, where the blood of Christ, he himself, our peace is, and uh, who is our peace and immortality, who has made the blood of Jesus that had to be presented on the altar for the sins of the world and the blood of himself as Christ to God, as the high priest of God, according to the order of Melchizedek, Christ has made both blood, the blood and the body of Jesus and his own blood as Christ become one blood in the presence of God. Why? To break down the middle wall of separation. Now, both bloods, the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ, has become one body. Watch out. Come on. How we know that? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Jesus' blood was for the autumn, and Christ's blood was for the soul. According to Leviticus 17 and 11, this verse is referring to two different bloods because in 1 John 5, 6, we see Jesus' body came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not just by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bears witness of the water and the blood. Why? Because the Spirit of God is true. Now, if Jesus came by water and blood, this means his water and blood was filtered through a woman in the flesh, we know as his mother Mary. So in essence, Jesus' water and blood, water and blood had sin in it, and his blood had to be presented on the altar to God by the high priest of God, who is Christ, who is the high priest of God after the order of Melchizedek. Before we discuss the process of the water and the blood of Jesus and the blood of Christ, both bloods becoming one flesh in one body that came through the six-inch door that was shut on the first day of the week. Let's go back to Ephesians, 13, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 to 16, and finish reading and get the rest of the story of these two bodies becoming one body in the, uh, in the presence of God. Come on. But now in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 2.13, you have, you who once was afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself, Christ, is our peace, who has made both, hey, one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in an ordinance, which means the blood of Christ has abolished the law of sin and death. Jesus' blood was used for the sins of the world, and the blood of Christ was used for death. Why? To create in himself one new man from the two from the two bloods and from the two bodies that came through the six-inch doors that was shut to bring peace and immortality through the gospel. Ephesians 2, 16 says, And that Christ, who might reconcile them both, both what? Both bloods, both bodies. Hmm? The blood of himself and the blood of Jesus, the water and the blood of Jesus. Huh? The blood of the two bodies, hmm? the two bloods and the two bodies, Christ rec reconciled them both. Watch yourself. To God in one body. Through the cross, thereby putting to death. 
the enmity. This is heavy, my brothers. He put two bodies in one. He put two bloods in one, and the life of the flesh is in the blood, and the blood that was in the flesh of the life of a man was given for an atonement to be put on the altar for the soul, but the soul of the life of the flesh that was put on the altar needed to be rescued by the soul of the body of God that he created in his image as Christ and the Holy Spirit who bear witness with God in the beginning. Huh? So there Therefore, and furthermore, God had to use Christ's blood to renew the blood of the water and the blood in the water of Jesus. That glory. And he brought both blood to become one blood. And now the blood of Jesus, as we know, the water and the blood he came by is now considered the blood of Christ who has brought us near to the cross. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. My brothers and sisters, this is Pastor D. Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to make this one short because we're going to continue to making them short because I pray that you get an understanding of the message that was just spoken because I'm going to do part two, three, four, whatever part we need to get the part that we need that is unknown. Huh? We're going to make the part one part once the part that is unknown become revealed. So we want to thank God here at the Spiritual Cuts Ministry and the Promise of Our Father podcast. We're going to continue in the next episode on As the Father Has Sent Me, I Send You. Stay tuned. And may God continue to bless you and your family forever. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. You can reach us at Pastor D. Washington Podcast. Pastor D. Washington, P-A-S-T-P-A-S-D-W at Yahoo.com. Or you can reach our hotline at 678-764-1614. If you want to discuss it, pastors, preachers, teachers, layperson, Christian believers, text us, email us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com or text us or call the hotline at 678-764-1614. Again, this is Pastor Lee Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. And we want to ask you to continue to pray for the podcast and pray for the spiritual culture ministry and our leaders that we have out there. This word is being spread all through the gospel of all throughout the world, my brothers and sisters. So you need to get involved and affiliated with not the spirit of cuts ministry, but um, get involved and affiliated with the knowledge and the renewing of the spirit of mind that God created in himself that he put in you. So we're going to continue and continue on through the teaching of the ministry here at the Promise of Our Father podcast. Amen. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God bless you and your family forever.